You are listening to the Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 77. This is the Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At the Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing. You should do. All right. Hello, everyone. My name is Scott Wellens, and I'm your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping real people, that's you, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, and a wealth advisor. In today's episode, five things that stress you out the most about money and what in the heck are we going to do about it. But before we get to the topic, I want to talk about something else that's been stressing me out this week, but it's over now. But holy moly, it was a big deal when it was going on. My first grader, Eva Jane Wellens, turned seven yesterday. And the fact that she turned seven was stressful enough because she's my little Eva and the littlest one. So guy starts to feel uh, pretty old when his daughter, his youngest, starts growing up. But that's not really the big stressor of the day yesterday. Have any of you ever been to a water park? And I mean one of those, those indoor water parks with a big hotel attached to it. Well, if you have, you know that it's just one big, giant indoor room. It's so noisy. Kids screaming. There's water flowing everywhere. You got the big buckets of water that are dumping. I mean, it's just chaos. Kids running around. And not to mention all the chlorine in the air. So your eyes are just burning. When I go to an indoor water park with my two little ones, and even way back when, when my oldest was young, well, it was stressful, you know, because you'd lose track of them for one minute and then you'd think, you know, where the heck are they? And you have to go find them. Well, I experienced it yesterday, but not with my, just my two kids. My wife had this great idea that we'd have Eva's birthday party at one of these indoor water parks with 11 of her friends. Oh my goodness. It was so stressful making sure that, you know, I didn't lose my own kid, but I didn't lose somebody else's kid. I mean, I'm just, my head's on a swivel, just turning, trying to count kids every single couple minutes, holding my hands up to my wife, telling her how many I can see, and then she tells me how many she can see. It doesn't add up to the right number, so we start freaking out. We did have a couple of parents, so that was super cool, and at the end of the day, we didn't lose anybody, and the kids, they had a great time, but for those four hours, it was so stressful. Why my wife scheduled a birthday party at a water park is beyond me. And not only, you know, I don't know how long birthday parties last, one hour or two hours. This was a four-hour birthday party. Stress, oh yeah, lots of stress. So Eva isn't the only one who had a big birthday in the Wellens household this week. Yours truly, me, I turned 46 on Monday. 
And, you know, I'm pretty cool with my age. I'm okay with 46. I still have a little spunk in my life. I feel like I'm young. And the best part about my birthday, though, is just getting the love from my family, the cards that I got from my kids, from my wife, from my parents. It's like, man. When, when your biggest cornerstone is your family and you're trying to build abundance in that and it's your most important thing and then you get this outpouring of love from them, man, there's no money in the world that replaces the feeling that I had on my birthday. Plus, I got a pretty cool hair. <laughs> I got a pretty cool pair of headphones too. Let's get to the topic of the day. All right, five things that stress you out the most about money. You know, I think last year I did an entire episode on just money and stress and wow. Like, is there any other stress larger in your life than money? The average American, or I shouldn't even say the average American, 70% of Americans say, yes, money is the thing that stresses them out the most. And it's not the people that have not enough money. Well, it is them. They're stressed out. But it's equally the folks that have a lot of money. They're stressed out too. They're just different kinds of stresses. So I thought today I would outline the five things that stress you out the most about money and then maybe try and find a little at least short-term fix to these stressors because really if we can live with less stress, number one, we'll probably live longer, but number two, we'll be able to expand our mind more and really think about the corner stones in our life, the things that are most important to us, like our family, our spirituality, our career, our friends, whatever your cornerstones might be. And then building abundance within those cornerstones. Because if we're sitting in the corner all stressed out, well, you're probably not spending a time, a lot of time anyway, or any, building abundance in the things that actually matter. I know me when I'm stressed out about something, money or anything, last thing I'm doing is spending time trying to build my life up in other areas. I'm just kind of pouting, feeling sorry for myself, feeling a little bit depressed and probably having ice cream near me and often because I'm trying to reduce the pain with uh, some of those cold sweets that I love so much. So what are the five things though that stress us out the most about money? As I go through these five, I'm sure there's going to be ones that you're like, you know, I don't stress out at all about this one or that one, but I bet one of them will hit home for you. So the number one reason is emergency. Emergency strikes way more often than we think that it does. You know, when I'm doing uh, budget counseling with somebody and we're building a monthly or a yearly budget, we have to allow for emergencies because they're going to happen. They always do. And they happen way more often than we think. Maybe some medical bill, uh, a new roof on the house, a new heater, 
The car breaks down, something. And what normally happens is, well, when we hit, when that emergency hits and we have to have the money, now we borrow money. Now we're, we're borrowing money to fix this emergency and now it screws our whole budget up because now we have this monthly payment and we're paying interest. So this emergency that may have uh, on the onset cost 5000 now we're paying a total of six or 7000 because of the interest. That's, that's the problem is the borrowing of the money. So what's the solution? The solution is building an emergency fund as quickly as you can that will have at least three to six months worth of living expenses within the emergency fund. Trust me, it's not fun trying to build this fund. I've done it, but it is a must. The other thing, this emergency fund, it needs to sit in some sort of a cash or bank money market account because it has to be liquid. Because if your roof caves in tomorrow, you need the money tomorrow. And if you haven't invested in stocks, well, if stocks aren't doing so great, that means you're going to be forced to sell at a loss and nobody wants that. Three to six months, well, that's a big range. And the rule of thumb here is if you are single or if you are the only one working in the household, well, then you probably want six months because if you lose your job, well, that's another emergency. But if you lose your job, let's make sure we have six months because there's not somebody else working that's going to bring in monthly income. If both spouses are working, then three months might satisfy. I still lean towards the six months of living expenses in a cash account. I'm telling you, that's going to lower the stress in your life. Because if you have ten dollars or $20,000 or maybe more, depending on what your monthly living expense is, if you need a new roof on the house and it's 6000 boom, you're writing a check, it's over. And now you're spending your time working to get that emergency fund back up to where it was. Trust me, I've lived a long period of time without an emergency fund. And I've lived a long period of time with an emergency fund. You want one. I know it. You want an emergency fund. Trust me on this one. All right. Number two stressor about money is buying a home. Your your largest purchase that you'll probably ever make. And the problem with buying a home is it's overwhelming. First, we have to find the house that we like. It has to be in our budget. We want to make sure it's a good deal and we don't want to, and we want to make sure we're not being taken advantage of because the home buying market and the mortgage process, it seems very, very confusing. So what's, what's the solution to this? The solution is to plan ahead of time. Know what your budget is. Make sure you Stick with that budget. The average person spends $40,000 more on a house than they intended to because they didn't either know or stick to their budget. It might, you know, when you're looking at a house, you have these these rushes of feelings like, wow, it'd be so great to have this house. But realize that when you're getting approved for a loan, they don't care that 
you're not saving for retirement or saving for your kids' college. They're going to give you as much money as they possibly can to then make you house poor. So plan ahead. The other thing to make sure that you're not getting a bad deal, do your research on your own as well. Look at some comparative sales in your area. There's so many resources on the website that you can do your own research so that you can say to yourself, I am getting a good deal because, you know, this is a back and forth when you're buying a house. Usually when the seller says yes, you think to yourself, well, I probably should have offered a little bit less. But when you lose the deal, you're like, oh, I could have offered a little bit more. There's really no getting away from that feeling. But if you at least know what a good deal is, then you know your range and you'll feel a whole lot better. And to make sure you're not getting taken care of, you know, I don't think you need to read everything about home mortgages, but let's spend some time reading about home mortgages and all the different fees that are inside of the total deal. So you understand them and get two or three different prices from different mortgage brokers to make sure that you're getting the best possible price for you. Number three stressor about money, how much to save for retirement. The problem is people just go with the flow. And by going with the flow, I mean they invest in their 401k. People are investing. When a 401k is available, most people... I shouldn't say most people. I don't even know what the status. A lot of people, though, they are investing in their 401k, but they're not investing enough. They're investing enough to get the match from their employer because that's what's hammered in their brain. Hammered in their brain is, well, you have to invest at least 6% so you're getting 50 cents on the dollar so you get a 3% match. So people set their contributions to 6% and they live life. So what's, what's our solution to this? Well, first, the rule of thumb is 6% is not enough for you to retire on. It's more like 15%. And if you're listening to a money show like you are right now, you're probably a little bit anal like I am and conservative. So you want to be on the conservative side. Well, now that means let's save 20%. If you can't do it, I would raise that percentage 1% per year until you get there or any raise that you get. Pretend you didn't actually get it and make it go and raise your 401k contribution or IRA contribution or, or however you are saving for retirement. But the best thing to do is to get yourself a comprehensive financial plan. It is, it is your life plan for it, my friend, because everybody is unique and everybody is different. So there may be somebody that can get away with saving only five or 10% because of what they've done in the past or what they already have. And there's other people that are listening to this show right now where for whatever reason, might've been circumstances, might've been a lot of things, but they didn't save a lot for retirement and now it's getting closer. So now we need to make sure that we're saving more and it might be more like 25 or 30%. That's a huge range. How do you know? You get a comprehensive financial plan. Number four thing that stresses people out most about money is knowing when to retire. We have 
this age in our head. A lot of us do, and a lot of it, and a lot of us, it's 65 years old. We think at 65, I'm going to retire. But then what happens when you start getting closer to that age? Then you start asking questions like, am I really ready? Do I really have enough money to retire? And your solution is the same in number three. Get a comprehensive financial and retirement plan. Because there's people listening to this show right now. They may think at 65, well, that's the retirement age. But there's, but they're on the show. They're maybe 55 years old right now. You might have enough to retire way sooner than 65 if you've been aggressive with your spending. And you owe it to yourself to find out because you got a lot of living to do. Unless, of course, you love your job and you love going into work, then all the power to you. I would never tell somebody to quit their job because that's number two. We need to make sure we have structure in our life after we retire. What are we going to do? What are our core pursuits? How are we going to fill our days? Because it better not be watching Netflix. Except for maybe a show a night with your significant other or by yourself or whatever. That's all right. We just don't want to spend all day long watching TV. That is a recipe to die very, very quickly. But there's there's really no other way to figure out and to zero in without a comprehensive retirement plan. Because you have so many different sources of income. And it's very difficult to put it all together, especially when you have to factor in inflation and Medicare and Social Security. It just gets very overwhelming and stressful. My greatest hour is when I'm sitting at the table with one of my clients who are about to retire and it finally clicks and it all comes together. And they're just kind of like, oh. That feels a lot better. I feel so much more secure and confident that I can retire at this age next year or next week. There is nothing better than than that feeling. In the last number five, I wasn't sure if I should put this in here or not, but it seems to come up a lot. And if you're younger, well, you'll have not a whole lot to do with number five. But if you're older, you'll know what I'm talking about. And it's, it, it's becoming a real problem. And number five is when to cut the cord from your kids. When do you cut off the money from your kids? I mean, the problem is we love them so stinking much. We just can't say no. And a lot of things that we have been paying, we just keep paying. We don't even know how to approach the subject, although we know we need to cut the cord at some point, but we just don't face the music. Because deep down, what we're doing is we're enabling our kids, enabling them not to experience freedom, freedom from anybody else, the freedom that they can do it on their own. And the solution to this problem is to be upfront early and often, or if it's been going on for a long time, to have that conversation as soon as possible and not just cut it off right away, but show them what you're paying now. Tell them again and again, even have it listed on a spreadsheet or shoot just a piece of paper. 
I do it with my daughter right now. You know, she's 19. She's just finishing up her freshman year at college. So there's a ton of college expenses that we know will go away. By the way, I've been very upfront with with how much money she's getting and what she will be responsible for. But then there's other things that are dragging on. Things like car insurance, cell phone bills. That's no small dollar every month to our budget. And it's not like I couldn't pay it for the rest of my life because I could. But is that the best thing for Chloe? I don't I don't think so. But what Chloe realizes now, because I show her, what the health insurance is costing every month, her part of it, what her cell phone bill is costing every month, and that we're going to give her up until graduation and maybe a three-month lapse after graduation, and then that bill is going to flow towards her, but she fully expects it. She knows it's going to come. It's not just one day I'm going to say, all right, here you go, here's your bills, and her life or her current monthly budget didn't have this stuff in there. She knows right now what it's going to be. So if you have you know, a kid who you've been supporting maybe for years and years and years, and they're well into their 30s, well, at least you can sit down and have a conversation and say, all right, I'm going to do this for another three months or six months, but then it's going to get cut off. And if it's a lot of things, maybe maybe the car insurance drops off after six months. Six months later, the cell phone bill drops off. Six months later, the that $250 I was contributing to your rent, well, that drops off. So that it's a gradual process. Okay, what is it for you? What is stressing you out the most about money? And hey, might not have anything to do with these five because there's certainly other ones. It might be just communication with your significant other, which I have done a, a whole episode on that. But of course, I'm not prepared to tell you which episode it is. You'll need to go to bestinwealth.com and scroll through the now 77 episodes and you will find, pick and choose the ones that pertain to you the most that will alleviate the stress in your life, the money stress anyway. Maybe you don't have an emergency fund right now. Well, it's time to start one. Maybe you are just starting the the home buying process. It's time to educate yourself on the process. Maybe you're not saving enough for retirement. Or maybe you don't know when to retire. So it's time to get that comprehensive financial plan. That is what I specialize in. Please reach out to me, Scott, at bestinwealth.com. Maybe I can point you in the direction or start getting the ball rolling with me just to see what it might be. What is your age? How much should you be saving? And finally, maybe it's time to cut the cord on your kid. Man, that doesn't sound nice, does it? But it's true. You know it. If you're listening and you're still helping out with expenses with your child, maybe it's time to stop the enabling and start giving them freedom. They may not realize it now, but they will later. To all of you who've had birthdays this week and in this week of uh, April 18th, happy birthday. We have birthdays the same week. That's pretty cool. 
and I've reached the end of my line. So I want everybody to have a great week, and I will see you on the flip side. Bye-bye. The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.